Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Welcome in to Duval Daily presented by GenJag.com. I'm Jordan DeLugo. Thanks for being here. The Jaguars fell to the Colts in Indianapolis, fell to 2-4. and four. Valiant effort by Trevor Lawrence, by the offense, but defense could not hold up in this one. We did an instant analysis, kind of instant reaction video last night. This one's going to be a little bit more of a deep dive into the numbers and what things mean and where this team is at right now moving forward. We're going to get into all that right now. Not a fun one. It's tough stuff for the Jaguars this past weekend. Tough stuff for fans. Three straight losses. Difficult time to be doing this, but we're going to get through it here. Follow me on Twitter at Jordan DeLugo Generation Jaguar at Generation Jag. Please like and subscribe on YouTube if you want to support the channel further. You can become a channel member. You can also check out genjag.com. Go grab some new Duval gear. We've got links in the description below. So, we talked about it last night. The Jaguars offense, 27 points. They moved the ball well. Um, they did potentially leave three points on the board going forward on fourth and one late from the 32-yard line. Probably could have made a kick from there, added three points to your total. Maybe that affects things. Um, but Doug Peterson, we all know, when they are in a situation to pick up a crucial first down on fourth down, it's fourth and one, you're in your opponent's territory, Doug Peterson's probably going to go for it. Uh, he's shown that throughout his coaching career and during his time in Jacksonville so far. Not going to be overly critical there. I think the offense did the job here for the most part. We'll talk about some little things here and there on the offensive side of the ball. But in this contest, it starts with Shaquille Griffin on the defensive side of the ball. And I know we're harping on this guy. I know um, I'm not the type of analyst or fan, for that matter, that really enjoys just slamming players and, and, uh, and disparaging them. But Shaquille Griffin was horrible for the Jaguars yesterday. 13 targets in primary coverage, 9 completions allowed, 108 yards allowed, a touchdown allowed, 2 pass interferences picked up that were both down the field that were crucial, critical plays, allowed the game-winning touchdown, um, missed multiple tackles in pursuit. He really, really struggled, and it's the second game this year that you look at where Shaquille Griffin has really struggled for the Jaguars. Um, This is a player got signed to a three-year deal worth $40 million last offseason. He has a 16-point-something million dollar cap hit this year. For the Jaguars, he should be playing at a starting cornerback level, and yesterday it looked like like he was a support player, like he was someone maybe he had had to sub in because you had injuries in front of him. Um, He didn't play with physicality. He didn't play with intensity. 
It, it was a horrid performance. And it wasn't only Shaquille Griffin who was struggling. The Jaguars were really struggling defensively in coverage over the middle of the field. Um, but obviously, when, when you pick up two penalties, you allow the game-winning touchdown. Um, you allow over 100 yards through the air. You allow 120 quarterback rating. It's not enough for a starting outside cornerback for you. Tyson Campbell playing opposite him was superb in this contest. I think he allowed eight total yards, had a couple pass breakups. Tyson Campbell, second year playing great at at outside cornerback on the opposite side of Shaquille Griffin. This just was, was probably Shaquille Griffin's worst performance of his career. And I don't think he's a player that is going to continue to play that way. Um, but when you're looking at how much he's making compared to the production, compared to the level of play, really, uh, the scales do not balance there. He is making way too much money to ever have a performance that poor. And when Mike Caldwell realizes that, because it started happening in the second quarter, um, just attacking Shaquille Griffin in coverage. You gotta make some sort of adjustment, no, if you're Mike Caldwell. That's tough for me. And obviously, it's not like he was putting in Shaquille Griff putting Shaquille Griffin in positions that he can't perform in. Like you've seen Shaq play all these different routes that he was uh, faced with. All these different situations he was faced with in this one, you've seen him perform admirably in those situations before. Um, But he just could not get the job done today. So at some point, if you're Mike Caldwell, are you not making an adjustment? Um, He couldn't cover anyone yesterday, particularly Alec Pierce. You know Darius Williams has a ton of experience playing outside. He's played most of his career outside. Do you try that? you try putting Trey Herndon in the nickel? I don't know what you do, but looking at this from a a big picture standpoint, Shaquille Griffin is in the second year of a three-year deal. There's an out after this season for the Jaguars. Well, they'll they'll save $13.5 million in 2023 cap space if they move on from Shaquille Griffin. At this point, I don't know, based on the six-game sample size we've seen from him so far, and he's only played in five games actually because he missed, missed one of them earlier in the year. And it ended up being a really good, a really good day for the Jaguars' defense. But um, how do you pay him that? How do you not move on after this year? You're paying Darius. You've got Tyson as a, a second round pick, top of the second round pick that you know he's going to be a starting outside corner for you. What do you do? Because Shaquille Griffin has been too inconsistent this year. You cannot have games like this. Bottom line. And I know in probably three of the five games he's played, he's been pretty good. But the other two, he's been pretty awful. Honestly. So. And this isn't a young player. This is a high-priced veteran. If you're talking about a young player that's having some issues here and there, like Devin Lloyd did today or yesterday in coverage. Devin Lloyd struggled in coverage greatly. Uh, covering Kylan Granson, trying to cover Michael Pitt. I mean, they're eating it up over the middle of the field. And Devin Lloyd's good in coverage normally, but looked like he was in a lot of man situations. 
I think the Jaguars defense overall has played better in zone this year than man. But, um, you know, Devin Lloyd, young football player. He's going to rebound. He's got the talent to do it. He's got the work ethic to do it. Shaquille Griffin, you can't have a veteran making $15 million per year performing at that level. You can't have it. And Mike Caldwell's got to realize something's got to give. And I'm not saying that you need to pull him for the next game because Shaq can probably rebound and play a lot better than he did. But in game, where was the adjustment? There wasn't one. Uh, And that was really disappointing for me. Trayvon Walker, um, I thought he played very well, (laughs) frankly. But he had the, the unfortunate penalty for the second straight week. This time it was in the third quarter. Um, got his hands up there and hit Matt Ryan right in the face. It was third and 12. Matt Ryan threw an incomplete pass. That extends the drive, gives the Colts life. They drive down and they score. Same thing happened last week, except last week it was in the the game-defining drive in the fourth quarter. Jaguars get a big stop on third and 20, or, or excuse me, it is third and 20. And uh, the play's blown dead because Trayvon jumps it and then he ragdolls Davis Mills in the backfield and picks up a 15-yard penalty and automatic first down. These are the types of things you can't have. And Trayvon Walker, this is a smart young guy. He plays mostly very disciplined football. But these last two weeks, he's had critical mistakes that have really been some of the biggest inflection points in the games, some of the biggest turning points in the games. Those penalties on third down when you're going to get off the field, give your offense the ball back late in the game, they're they're killers. And I think Trayvon will learn from it and move on and, and, and be better for it, but he's been part of the problem late in games for the Jaguars the last two weeks, certainly, which which is unfortunate. I did think he did some good things off the edge. Thought he played well in run defense. I mean, Matt Ryan did throw it about a million times in this game. Um, Trayvon was able to get some pressure. The Jaguars were not able to get a sack in this one, despite 20 pressures. I mean, they were getting pressure in the backfield. Matt Ryan was aces. I mean, that was vintage Matt Ryan. That That was MVP Matt Ryan. And Michael Pittman was unstoppable. They had they had trouble with um, with Kylan Granson. They had trouble with Paris Campbell. Matt Ryan was fantastic. Um, yeah, I, I just don't know what to say other than that. Like he was getting hit, he was getting pressured, and he was just standing and delivering. And that's another thing, Trayvon Walker this week. Talking about Matt Ryan being a sitting duck back there, I think that's another teachable moment. There's no reason to give your opponent bulletin board material. You beat that team 24 to nothing just a couple weeks ago. Four weeks ago. They don't need any more fuel to their fire. And I certainly think that that added to Matt Ryan's fire. He's a competitor. He's prideful. Trayvon Walker during the week coming out and saying he's a sitting duck back there. Not only are you insulting Matt Ryan, you're insulting his offensive line. And I just don't know that that that's a wise decision. 
I think that's a teachable moment for Trayvon as well. You can talk about the game. You can analyze your opponent, but uh, call your opposing quarterback a sitting duck? I mean, that's something fans can say. That's something analysts can say. That is not something Trayvon Walker should be saying just a couple days before this contest to against a team that was already highly motivated. So that was a mistake for me. Looking at the other side of the ball, um, we talked about the offense a little bit. I thought the OL, overall, they did a good job opening up some rushing lanes. Um, Travis Etienne was able to eat. James Robinson was able to eat a little bit. I think in the second quarter, they were pretty poor, though. Gave up three sacks. And I'm not including the first one where Trevor rolled right into the pressure. Rolled right into the awaiting arms of DeForest Buckner. Um, but but there was three other sacks in that period where one time Cam Robinson got blown up. Uh, another time, I think, Cole Van Lannon got in the game for one play, gave up a sack. Not a good look, Cole, obviously. But, yeah, I think overall the offensive line was pretty good. But they had a couple bad drives in the second quarter. That really hurt the team. They could have probably put some more points on the board. The receivers, they did a mostly good job. They did a, a good job Sunday. Not a lot of drops to speak of. They were catching everything. They were creating separation. And that goes that that's a that that's a plus for the receivers. It's also a plus for the play calling and passing concepts there. They looked really crisp when the Jaguars did throw the ball. Um yeah, Christian Kirk led the NFL this week so far in separation, averaging over seven yards of separation per route. Evan Ingram was over five. Zay Jones was over four. Uh, those guys all played really well for the Jaguars. Um, Zay Jones had a big bounce back game. Trevor Lawrence, that drive in the fourth quarter, I think that was the best drive of his career just based on timing and the situations he was put in. He was faced with a third and long early in that drive. He stood in the pocket. He hung tough. And he found Zay Jones right side of the field, past the sticks, delivers an absolute dart to him in between coverage. Zay Jones hauls it in, first down. Uh, Trevor's able to pick up a first down on a third on a third with his legs. He's able to pick up a first down on a fourth down with his legs, quarterback sneak. Um, and then... Later in the drive, it, it wasn't a third down or fourth down, but he picked up another first down with his legs, um, and then he ends up finding Christian Kirk in the end zone wide open for a touchdown that gave the Jaguars a 27-26 lead with 244 left to play. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Big credit to Trevor Lawrence for this football game. Awesome stuff from him. You love to see it. He looked really calm, cool, and collected back there. 19 of 21, I believe. Is that right? Or 20 of 22? Yeah, 20 of 22 on the day. Did it with his arm. Did it with his legs. 
that's the Trevor Lawrence you want to see. And I do think it's fair to sit here and say, look, the Jaguars, they came out and they, they called a balanced game offensively. They threw the ball 22 times, 26 dropbacks, you know, with the four sacks. Um, and they ran the ball 33 times. Ran the ball a lot. Trevor Lawrence ran it the most he has this year, six times. A couple of those were sneaks. A couple of those were getting out um, out of the pocket and just rolling with it. Props to Jamichael Hasty, right? 61-yard run to pay dirt on third and one. And for me, that was a great play call because it's a tendency breaker. You're not expecting Jamichael Hasty to be handed the football on third and one. You don't think that's what the Jaguars are going to do here. But that's exactly what they did. They blocked it up perfectly and uh, created a huge hole for Jamichael Hasty to explode through, and no one was catching him. Interestingly enough, Jamichael Hasty finished the game three carries for 57 yards with a long of 61. Don't see that often. But as I mentioned before, Travis Etienne, James Robinson, they both played great. Etienne, I've been saying it for weeks now, unbelievably fast. Explosive, contact balance. I love it. Love what I'm seeing from Travis Etienne. James Robinson, we know what he can bring to the table, and he did that in this game. So, very frustrating for the offense to put up 27 points, to move the ball well, to have another good game. And this time the defense just can't get the job done. Pass defense. The Colts, you know, you're used to them coming out and running the ball with Jonathan Taylor, getting it to Naheem Hines. They said, you know, no Jonathan Taylor, no Naheem Hines. All right, we're just going to line up and we're going to throw the ball. They only ran the ball 16 times. They threw it 58. Matt Ryan had 58 passes. And he was, again, that was just classic Matt Ryan. Like one of the best games he'll ever play. So tough in the pocket. Was getting hit, was getting pressured, was just standing and delivering. And the Jaguars' coverage had no answers. I really do put that passing game a lot more on the coverage on the back end and with the linebackers than I do the pass rush. The pass rush was getting there pretty quickly. And uh, basically, Matt Ryan was content to sit there and take these quick little shots. And then when he did decide to, to go deep, Chat Griffin couldn't get the job done. I do want to give Devin Lloyd some credit. I don't think he deserves that touchdown to be on his resume, the Jelani Woods touchdown. I thought he was in really good position there. There's a clear full arm extension by Jelani Woods, pushes Devin Lloyd while the ball's in the air, and um, that should have been an offensive pass interference, but it wasn't called. Devin Lloyd, not a great day, but I don't think that play was on him, and I do think he will rebound and improve moving forward. Uh, so the Jaguars, they're 2-4 and four on the season now. The season is far from over. Again, there's still, still 11 games left to be played. Just a little over a third of the way through here. They could still make a run. But at this point, I'm more of in an evaluation mode. I'm not counting on this team making some sort of miraculous run to the playoffs. They'd have to win seven of their last 11 games down the stretch. And this is a team that's lost three straight, 
Uh, I do think it's possible they get hot. We've seen this team get hot. We've seen them be really difficult. And we've seen each unit on this team have really great performances. Like you've seen the running game go off. You've seen the passing game go off. You've seen the pass rush go off. You've seen the run defense be great. And the run defense has probably been the most consistent thing they've had outside of the game in Philly. You've seen the coverage be really good. You've seen the receivers play really well. But you're not getting it all at once. You're not getting it all in one game. And so for me, that kind of prevents me from really believing that this team is going to go on some sort of miraculous run right now. So again, it's for me now, I'm just evaluating what's going on, really looking at every single little piece of how this is working from the player personnel to the contracts um, and, and to coaching and, and the coaching staff and, and the front office and seeing what needs to happen here for this team to improve. And I'll tell you one area they do not need to improve, and I mentioned it before, running back. This team is loaded at running back. No question about that. I mean, Jamichael Hasty is your third back in this type of system. You'll really take that because he can do a lot of different things for you. You've still got Snoop Connor waiting in the wings. Um, you've still got James Robinson running really well. He'll be a restricted free agent next year. So there's no reason you shouldn't be able to bring him back easily for at least one more year. And then, of course, Travis Etienne, the star of the show, averaged 8.6 yards per carry today. He's been just uh, really difficult for opposing defenses to handle. 86 to, or eighty-six rushing yards on 10 carries for ETN. He was also very effective in the passing game. Two receptions for 22 yards. Gotta love what you have in that backfield. But I think the biggest problem outside of newness and, and just youth is that, like I said, there isn't a damn thing that this team, when they go out on the field, that they know they can hang their hat on week in and week out. Where on this roster are the Jaguars really, really good? Where? Besides running back. The answer is nowhere. The offensive line is okay. They're not great. They're not bad. They're somewhere in the middle. Pass rush has been pretty good, but they aren't dominant. I think they are creating pressure, but you got to be able to get sacks, especially if your coverage can't hold up to save their life. Uh, like like it was against the Colts on Sunday. The back end has had its days, the, the coverage, but they haven't been entirely consistent. Linebackers, same thing. The pass catchers look like they're probably slightly above average. You like what you have in Trevor Lawrence, but he's still a young quarterback. It's not going to be perfect week in and week out. With time and development throughout the rest of this season, could you see improvement in some of these areas? Yes, I think you could. I think all the areas could improve. But again, it's each week you just don't know which part of the team is going to falter. And that's a really tough place to be in. And you don't have anything that's going to just be a trump card right now. Week in and week out. You don't have that one unit that's just completely dominant. Like you don't have a pass rush that you're scared to throw on or a coverage unit that you're scared to throw on. Um, so it's tough. They're in a tough spot. But I think if there are some areas you could see improvement throughout this season based on the talent on the roster and the youth, I do think the edge could you could see improvement. Um, I think that at some point during the year you could see Trayvon Walker and Josh Allen really become uh, dominant at some point. Uh, I'm not – 
banking on it, but I'm talking about where could this happen. I think it could happen at edge. We know how good the running backs are, so we're going to continue to expect that. Um, the pass catchers, again, I think have a chance to be pretty good, but they're never going to be amazing. They still need that alpha, in my opinion. Trevor has been up and down. Will he end up being more consistent down the stretch this year? You certainly hope so. But when will that happen? Was this the beginning of that? I don't know. Trevor's had success against the Colts the last three times he's played them. Um, outside of that, who has he been really good against this year? Definitely was very good against the Chargers. Was decent against Washington. You know? Uh, he needs to become more consistent. And he was great this game. I'm not taking anything away from him. I'm just talking about long-term, when you go out on the football field every Sunday, what are you counting on being good for you? Right now, it's just been too inconsistent throughout the roster. And I think that's just because there's not not a particular unit that has overwhelming talent uh, that's performing at that level right now. And even if you do see like some crazy run, you know, the Jaguars, they get back to four and four and then they're right back in it. You know, they go on a two game winning streak and beat the Giants who no one's able to beat right now and beat the Broncos, which that does seem like a winnable game in London. Even if you get to four and four and you're back in the thick of things here, I, even if they develop throughout this year, I just don't see this team as one from a talent perspective that's going to get into the playoffs and win more than a game. Like this isn't a roster that has the talent in my opinion to like do what the Bengals did last year because they are not dominant in any one area. The Bengals had a really tough stout defense last year and they had unbelievable pass catchers and production from the passing game. The Jaguars don't have anything that's like that trump card like I mentioned. Not yet, not right now. I really think they need an alpha receiver. I think they need another pass rusher. We'll see how it all plays out. But I wouldn't completely write off Doug and Trevor right now for 2022. It's going to take Trevor playing great football more often than not for this team to get anywhere this year. To finish above 500, as I mentioned, they'll need to win like seven of their last 11 games to get to 9-8. and eight. Will that even be good enough to get into the playoffs? I don't know. I just think that's going to be really tough. You look at, like I said, the way some of their opponents are playing, the Chiefs, the Giants, the Ravens. You always struggle against Tennessee. You always struggle against Houston. You have to play them a combined three more times. I just don't really see the path forward right now in terms of this team in 2022 really turning the corner and uh, and making a playoff run. But who knows? We've seen that they they can go out and get the job done in a big way. They dominated in consecutive weeks, the Colts and Chargers. But since then, they haven't been able to uh, find their footing. Three straight losses. And in each game, you can look at it and be like, well, if they would have gotten the job done here, they probably would have won that football game. But they're finding different ways to lose. Some of them are repeating themselves, like the Trayvon Walker penalties. Um, I think coverage was the biggest issue really in this, in this contest and against the the commanders, but 
they're going to have to play much closer to perfect football to get back to where they were in week two and week three. And I don't know if anyone should expect that right now with this young football team. I think long-term you can be very encouraged by having Trevor Lawrence play in the way he's playing right now. He's on pace for over 30 touchdown uh, total touchdowns this year, uh, about 11 interceptions. Would that be a year two that you're excited about? I would say without question, yes, you should be excited about that. Uh, but from a team perspective in 2022, things are obviously trending in the wrong direction with three straight losses. Two of them to teams that you should have beaten really without question. You're better than them on paper. But they didn't get it done. Um, stay tuned for more coverage this week. I'll keep bringing it, and we'll keep looking at this Jacksonville Jaguars football team. They've got the Giants coming up in Week 7 in Jacksonville. The Giants are 5-1. and one. I'm uh, pretty excited and interested to get into some of their tape here and see what the heck they've been doing to light the league on fire. We know Brian Dayball's been creative. We know Saquon Barkley's having a coming out party. Um, But I'm excited to dive into that tape. Thank you so much for tuning in, Duval. Appreciate you being here despite the tough circumstances with your football team. The Jaguars are 2-4. and Um, But yeah, that will do it. Hit me up on Twitter at Jordan DeLugo, Generation Jaguar at Generation Jag. Please like and subscribe on YouTube. Hit that notification bell so you don't miss a show. Go pick up a new hat or shirt on genjag.com. Become a channel member. These are just a couple of the ways you can support the channel here. Links in the description below. Have a great rest of your Monday, Duval. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.